three, two, one. Nick, welcome to the Better Wealth Show. We're going to be talking about everyone's favorite subject. Not crypto, not real estate, not life insurance, but risk management. And before you guys sign off or, or unsubscribe, I, I can assure you that if you want to be financially free, if you want to live intentionally, if you want to be savvy and efficient, you have to understand the risk management umbrella and and you know you're going to get into what that means but essentially we have to know that there's not any one event that could take us away and we want to also make sure that we're not overpaying or being ignorant when it comes to our risk management so nick the 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 bar is set don't don't let me down here and Dude, what is going on show. i appreciate it, man it's, it's good to be back yeah it's um yeah, we're used to being below crypto, below real estate, below you know uh, investing, whole life, all the fun stuff. We're uh, we're used to getting pushed to the bottom, so no worries there. I think this is the only show that we could say that it's below whole life um, because yeah. <laughs> majority of life insurance I think is actually below the. But I think I think we do a pretty good job elevating that, and so ironically, a lot of people that watch us and listen to us uh, see the value in that, and that's that's ultimately why I think this conversation is so important is when we talk about multidimensional dollars and when we look at the whole model, I think our clients know, and I think the people that listen to the show know that decisions have ripple effects. And I, when I think of risk management, I think of that. And so um, for the audience, why don't you just give a slight background and then let's get into the, to the nuts and bolts of, of how we can be more efficient watching slash listening to, to our conversation. Yeah, so I've been in the insurance and risk management space for about 11 years now. And when I started, I was, I guess I was kind of ignorant. It's like, I'll just put my head down, work, and uh, everything good will happen. You know, I'm a hard worker. Everything will come to me. It was kind of the thought process, the mindset. Obviously, couldn't have been more wrong. Eight years in, kind of figured that out. My wife and I found the personal development space. That's how we found you, Red and Asset. And um, our, our, our lives just kind of started changing. And... We rebuilt our lives the past three years completely. Anything from you know health, finances. Uh, we started uh, our own company um, this past year, and the idea was everywhere we turned was about like you know, all the research we did, how to grow, how to become more successful, how to build your you know your dream lifestyle, let, you know leave a legacy, everything that everybody's out there you know trying to do. Um, but the more we looked, nobody was talking about how to defend all of this stuff and how to protect it on the way up and protect it once you have it, because I don't know about you, but once you get there, you probably don't want to go back. You know, nobody wants to really live the life they lived five years ago, 10 years ago. They're working towards a goal. And if you had to go backwards, it takes you further from that. And that's where we kind of sat down and said, we've got to do this. We have the experience in the industry. So we started our company to really help people, you know, defend success. That was the entire kind of idea and mission behind it. And like I said, we started in January, really focused on helping you know, entrepreneurs redesign those insurance strategies, the boring ones, not the and asset, you know, the home, the business, the auto insurance, you know, the stuff that is less sexy, not fun, but needs to be designed correctly to match the lifestyle you've created. Because if you can do that, you will ultimately really be able to protect yourself and you know, the lifestyle, the business, the legacy you've built from any lawsuit. And that's what we're after. Yeah, you, you referenced before we were recording about a study um, that people that are more like are tend to be more wealthy and have more success if they're focused on the risk management because they're making sure that all the all the bases are covered. Can you can you go into that? Yeah, it was it was interesting. The study was done by Chubb Insurance, and um, essentially what they found is that 
I guess the timing of when people paid attention to the risk management side was interesting. It was always after the fact, right? It was once they kind of, you know, got to a point of, of success or lifestyle, um, they then went back and said, well, I should have been paying attention to this five, 10 years ago. And the reality of it is you should be doing it, you know, yep. every year, you know, uh, if your lifestyle is evolving and changing that much, but the study, it was just interesting. It should, you know, there's stats that, you know, 80% of successful people are not with the right insurance partners, right? So their insurance company can't even design the correct strategy right. to, uh, to protect the lifestyle that, that, that they've built. So that's where I think people kind of like a tax strategy. Yeah. Nobody would, not nobody, some people do it, but ideally you have a tax strategy before you, you know, go out and file your taxes every year. You're not just doing it, you know, you know, April 15th. Yep. And it's the same with the insurance and risk management. You have to have a strategy before you just go out and start, you know, blindly buying insurance products. Right. And you guys have consulting. So, I mean, people, people that have business, people that have a lot of assets, uh, work with you guys through consulting. And then you, you make sure that you run an analysis on everything and do your due diligence. And so we, we appreciate you coming on and sharing some of the trade secrets. Um, because it's my heart, whether people work with you or not, that they know the questions to ask and kind of have the ability to, not overpay, but make sure that they're properly protected. And so um, I'm a big framework person. And I think like if we can't create a framework around something, there's a problem. So what would be the framework when it comes to risk management? Where do we start? Where And then kind of lead us through the process. Obviously, we're not going to be an expert in all the companies or whatnot. But what is kind of the steps that if we want to make sure that we have our risk management dialed in that we're going through? Yeah, I would say maybe st we'll start with a couple of three, I guess a couple of three, there's you know, perfect English for you. We'll start with um, a couple of, I guess, I don't want to call them housekeeping, but basic things that you should be looking for, out for. And one is, um, you know, understand that this is a complex space, right? They're, they're legal contracts and not every insurance company, you know, uh, is created the same or has the ability to execute, you know, the same strategy, um, you know, despite what you might see on, on TV when you, you know, watching football, whatever, every care uh, insurance company or carrier that advertises, it's like, let's just do it for less, do it for less. They're not talking about the strategy that goes into it or the product really offering. So it is a complex space and you really do need a strategy before you go to the market. You need to understand too, what risk is actually threatening your success. I think this is one of the most common misconceptions. People in a lot of ways have it wrong because the, um, the insurance industry trained us incorrectly, right there. If you look at, you know, all the, the major insurance companies that advertise on TV, they're talking about protecting your stuff, you know, protect your car, protect your house. It's important, but if your car is not insured or in, you know, insured incorrectly and there's a loss there, it's not going to sink you. You know, if you drive a $50,000 car and it's completely wrecked, you'll find a way to recover from that. What right. you may not recover from is if you're, you're sued uh, because of that car accident, you paralyze somebody, somebody's, you know, uh, you know, passes away and their family comes after you, that is going to be much harder to recover from because the number is unknown, yeah. you know, as far as what somebody could see you for. So understanding that that's the risk that actually threatens your success is a, is a lawsuit. It's not so much your own stuff. Um, and I, again, I think understanding that correct risk and identifying it within your own life because it exists in all areas. And, you know, right. you, go, you go on vacation, that risk is present. You, uh, you go to a ski house, lake house, beach house, whatever it is, that risk is there and continually you know, evolves as your lifestyle evolves. Yeah, and I think we talked, um, it's like you could be on the golf course and hit someone with a golf ball, you're liable. Um, and so yeah. I was like, I didn't, I, I, like, that makes sense. But I'm like, man, like, 
uh, you don't think about that. We're like almost like a walking mayhem, uh, which I believe isn't it all state that has that. It's, it's all state. Yeah. My, my, compl- my wife here all the time. My complaint with mayhem is if you like the, the last commercial I saw, I like the commercial. They're probably some of the funniest ones, except they're, they're always talking about your own stuff. Like, so he, uh, I think he was riding like a, the Peloton or something like that. And he fell and he fell through his glass door in his house. Now, and he's in the commercials, like, see, you need, you know, you need protection and protect yeah. me, you know, protect you from stuff like this. In reality, who cares that what's that door cost? $2,000. You know, right. if you didn't have insurance, you probably aren't even going to put an insurance claim in, to be honest, why would you yeah. You'd go out and fix it yourself? So that's where some of the strategy comes involved is like, you what if somebody's on the other side of that door? What if somebody gets injured at your house? Now there's a lawsuit that results from that. That's what we're focused on. So, so, and again, the fir- first step is get really, really clear on what, where, where are gaps or where you're liable. Uh, and, and then, and then the second step is figuring out the most efficient way to cover that liability. Yeah. I would say, you know, first step is really evaluate the risk. Like you just, you, know, okay. you just said, the second step is based on that risk, design a strategy, Okay. right? Design, how do I want to transfer this risk? Do I want to self-insure some of it? Do I want to move it all to an insurance company? You know, and I say insurance company, that's typically the most common and most cost-effective way to do it. You, know, right. you could self-insure, you could set up your own insurance company, but typically insurance company is going to be the best. So design that strategy based on the risk that you evaluate. Yep. Um, I also want to be very clear that, you know, Nick and myself are not giving, you know, advice because we don't know your situation. And so take everything that we say with a grain of salt. But when it comes to designing a strategy, what are some quick wins that you've given people? Again, you're not speaking into an individual situation sure. because you don't know that. But um, I know that in the past we've talked about umbrella insurance, and it's kind of like that's an insane hack. Um, bundling your car and auto, like car and auto, <laughs> car home and auto. <laughs> hey, you had me. Uh, I'm like, you should buy that out. Uh, and and so like, what are some other like hacks? Because again, like there's so many ad, like ads. It seems like half the commercials are property and casualty, and it's just as simple. It's, it's it almost feels like a race to the bottom. We can do this cheaper. We can do this cheaper. We can do this cheaper, which I'm fine with. I actually like, but what it's not the whole story. And so what are some of the quick wins when you're designing strategies that you've done for clients that have been like, wow, um, that's been a game changer. Yeah. One of the easiest, uh, you know, wins is, or hacks, if you will, is looking at your auto insurance or your property insurance or your home renters, whatever you have, look at that deductible, move that, move it up. You could, you know, they typically go at 250, 500, $250 or $500 and deductible. That's what you're paying. You get in a car accident, you're paying that out of pocket. And then the insurance company kicks in, right? So take that number and move it to 2,500, move it to 5,000 on your home, move it to 10,000. If you're not, if you're the type that's not going to file a claim, you know, like that mayhem example where you broke the glass door for two grand, you're not going to put that claim in, don't have a $500 deductible because you're not going to use the insurance anyway. So what that does is, it creates uh, some instant premium savings because you're taking on more risks. So the insurance company rewards that. Um, the next component to that, um, totally lost my train of thought. I was getting all excited about the mayhem guy. So once you create that savings is where we're going with it. Now, how do you use that money efficiently, right? You can either save it or where we were talking about the umbrella insurance policy, that's excess liability coverage. So separate from property, separate from first party, that is any liability, you know, anything that could result in a lawsuit. So that car is an example. 
you've got your car that gets damaged, you've raised that deductible. So now you're, let's say, responsible for the first 2000. Mm -hmm. If you injure somebody else, they're coming after you with a lawsuit. That policy caps out at a max amount it will pay. It's in the contract across the board, any insurance company, it's typically about $250,000. So if a claim is above that, you're now responsible for any dollar amount over that, unless you have an umbrella policy which would drop down as excess coverage. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll raise property deductibles, first party coverage, we'll self-insure the property risk to a point, and then we'll take that extra you know, savings and we'll spend that on excess liability coverage, umbrella coverage to protect you know, the downside from getting sued. Um, can you explain what umbrella insurance is? Um, because when you broke this down for me, I was like, oh, it's kind of a no, it's like the very cheap insurance that goes a long ways um, just for protecting like everything in my life. Can you, you break that down and, and also make the connection that your, you know, home insurance essentially is, is more than just what happens in the home. Yeah. So we'll start with the, start with the home. So home insurance, renter's insurance, if you don't have renter's insurance, it's one of the most common things. Well, I don't want to insure my stuff. It's not about your stuff. It's, uh, it's, Personal liability is the coverage that we're after. You get that on the renter's policy, you get it on the home insurance policy. Just like the auto policy, the liability section, there's a cap to what that policy will pay. Could be a half million, could be a million. Personal liability is what it, it follows you everywhere, anywhere in the world. So that golfing example that we gave, you, you know, I know it doesn't happen to any of us, but you push it into the other fairway, you hit somebody, that's on you. That's personal liability. They're going to come after you. You know, if it's a serious, if it's minor, hey, you know, buy them a beer in the clubhouse, you're all good. But you know, if it's a serious injury, they're, they're probably going to sue you for that financial compensation. So that's what personal liability protects you for. Uh, that's attached to the homeowner's policy. Oftentimes, like you were saying, people think of it as simply somebody comes to my house, I've got a cookout, hanging at the pool, whatever, somebody slips and falls. It's it's far beyond that. So when you look at the umbrella policy, it is an excess policy, meaning it sits on top of other coverages. Um, the technical term would be underlying policies, right? So those would be your home or renters, that, that personal liability section and the auto policy. So the way you would structure this thing, if you had you know, a house and a couple of cars is you'd get the home insurance, get the personal liability, get the auto insurance, auto liability, you would then go out and get the umbrella policy on top of that. And really what you're doing is protecting against the catastrophic claim. That is what we're after with umbrella. And that's where I think people often miss. That's what protects your lifestyle. That's what protects your business and your legacy. It's not the $5,000 fender bender. It's somebody coming after you and suing you for 5 million because their kids slipped at your kid's pool party and you know, it's now paralyzed. That's, you know, and I get that stuff doesn't happen. It doesn't happen to anybody, but that's what we're trying to protect against. And um, I think that's oftentimes where people miss and the industry doesn't doesn't do the best job of explaining because when you watch the commercials, they're not talking about that. Yeah, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. If you have a five million dollar umbrella insurance policy, is that public knowledge number one? And does that make you a a lot like does that put a target on your back, or does it not? Like our attorney, when people are suing, they're just suing everybody, anybody, and everybody, and seeing what sticks. I, I would say it's a mix. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily public knowledge. If you get sued, it'll probably come up. There is a school of thought, though, even within the insurance industry, don't carry an umbrella because it will. And if you just listen to this part, don't go back and listen. We're saying carry an umbrella. All right. But there's a school of thought in the industry that says don't do it because it'll just give somebody that target. 
and I completely disagree with that school of thought. Now you could get, we could get technical and there is some data out there that, um, that certain insurance companies have. If you have a 7 million umbrella versus a five, you know, it's 87% more likely that the courts won't award the maximum amount. So there is some data that you could really, if you wanted to start having a lot of fun with it, we could do it at, you know, some sort of social gathering. I'm sure people would love it. Uh, but there's some data behind it, how you want to, you know, do it. But the reality is I wouldn't want to gamble my life, my lifestyle, the, the business, just because somebody might want that target. And the cost is so low, let them have it, is, is yeah. kind of my thought, if that's what it came down to. Um, and they're going to pay to defend you. That's the other thing. As much as it becomes a target, they're not looking, to, the insurance company is not looking just because just, just you have it, they're not looking to just pay it out just because. Yeah. Uh, so in a lot of ways, it's like a prepaid you know, legal, it's prepaid yeah. defense. That's, that's, a, that's a good point. And, and the other thing is like, we have to look at the outcomes. What is the outcome of what we're doing? You're not necessarily just buying an insurance policy you're buying what the what that peace of mind and solid foundation is getting you and so yes it's it, it's hopefully the thought process would be that you would show up more powerfully in your life if you had you know making sure that everything's protected now it may maybe or maybe not but what i've experienced is if people are more educated in what they're doing with their money and insurance or whatnot they they're able to have more clarity and be more definite i don't know if that's true or not that but I've just I've experienced that. And so I think uh, it's important, even if you can't save money to make sure you know why you do what you do. And just the same thing that you said, like renter's insurance, you might be renting and be like, I don't care about the stuff. But if you don't have renter's insurance and then, you know, you injure somebody, we'll use the golf course example. That's like could like that's a problem. And you're, so you're totally exposed, you know, and you're totally exposed. And so like you're doing everything you can, you're saving and you're investing and all that stuff. And you're one decision away from going back to zero and a renter's insurance slash homeowner's policy is it's not that much money for what it gets you. And, and I think that's the overall picture of like, make sure that you, you have your basis covered because it would be a shame to spend 20, 30, 40 years of your life doing something and then having one, one event, wipe it all out. I totally agree. And I think it go, you know, goes back to, you know, you're trying to create a dream lifestyle. You're trying to create success. You're trying to build a legacy. Is that really what you want your legacy to be? Well, they built this amazing business. They built this crazy life, but they were the ones that got it all wiped out. Right. You know, because they didn't have their stuff in order. Um, Hulk Hogan, I'm sure you remember him. There was a, a story, um, him years ago, this happened to him. He didn't have the correct structure in place. And I'm not sure what he's doing now. I'm sure he's you know recovered uh, and onto great things. I haven't really followed up, but it, it destroyed what they built and destroyed their lifestyle. They lost the lawsuit. They didn't have the right, um, you know, protection in place. And what happened was, uh, I believe, it was their teenage son was in a car accident, mm -hmm. and there was serious damage to the other driver. But on top of that, they found out who the dad was. So, oh, your dad's Hulk Hogan. I mean, this is our ticket. And so part of it is as you expand lifestyle, as you grow and build, you become more of a target. Right. You know, and, and people know that people can find that information out, especially these days with social media. Uh, no one's shy about putting out, you know, how successful they are on social media. And at times it could become you know, a detriment. So, yeah. uh, Nick, is there anything else that we should know? I mean, I, I don't want to make podcasts or videos longer than they need to be, but I also don't want to cut it short. Is there any other epiphanies that you've had? Any other quick wins that you're like, man, like this is, this is something that I should articulate and would make people better as it relates to 
you know, being more efficient when it comes to how they you view risk management? Yeah, I would say I, what I can do quickly is finish the five steps that you should go through. And I'll just touch on how do you know when you've outgrown your insurance strategy? You know, because I think that's a lot. Of, a lot of times people don't understand when to update it. So we talked about the first step, evaluate the risk in your life. You're looking for anything that could result in a lawsuit. Then design you know, a strategy on how to use home, auto, and business insurance effectively. Then you're going to review your current insurance program. So what do you have in place? Does it actually match that strategy? Do you need to make changes? Is, are there things that you want to keep? Then you're going to go out and evaluate the market based on that strategy. So you, the strategy you design will dictate who you go to. You know, State Farm is not a fit for every strategy. You know, Geico is not a fit for every strategy. Chubb, maybe. You know, um, so you go out uh, to the market, evaluate those options, ne negotiate with those insurance companies. Right. And then ultimately, you're going to implement that strategy. So pick which option you want to go with and get that in place. Um, so the, I guess those are the five steps that if you're concerned about this, if you're looking to do this, I, I would walk through those things. Um, and then ultimately deciding if you need to do that, if you've outgrown your strategy, most likely everybody, but I know that's you know, just far too vague. <laughs> so if you've, uh, if you've built a business, um, if you've grown a business within the last two to five years, if you've you know, experienced any life changes, you know, you've expanded your lifestyle, you've added toys, you've bought homes, you've got married, you've had kids, uh, you've had teenage drivers, you know, any kind of major changes to your lifestyle within the last you know, two, five, 10 years, and you haven't updated the strategy to match that, then you're probably in that, you're at that point where you need to go through those steps. So evaluate where you're at, design a strategy, review what you currently have and how that matches up with your strategy, shop the market, implement. Correct. Powerful, it's so simple. It's, it's, see, it, it's just, why overcomplicate what's, what's that saying? I just heard it the other day. I'm like, and that could be more like, it's simple, but it, you would probably know better. It's right. simple, but it's, um, but it's not easy. It, it comes down to the process of evaluating, process of designing the strategy, process of reviewing. Pro I mean, it's like you, people can do that. It just matter. It's, it's, it depends on how quality they could do that. Right. And <laughs> right. so, uh, but it's, but I, I do appreciate the clarity and I, um, I'm want to congratulate you on getting that really dialed in because like everything, a lot of times we overcomplicate things. And I, um, I think it's really cool for people like yourself to get really clear about what someone needs to do. And so um, I would encourage everyone that's listening to this, do that. Whether you do that with Nick or not, do that. Um, do that on an annual basis. And it's one of those things where it might take you more than 15 minutes, okay? Yeah. But, but like it will, it could save significant amount of money or you might pay more money, but make sure you're properly protected. And why, why do something halfway if you're not going to do it the right way. Um, any, anything else that is coming to your mind from a standpoint of you want to make sure to articulate? No, I mean, I think what you just kind of mentioned, it hits a nail on the head. Like if you're spending money on insurance regardless, um, and if you're going to do it, make sure it's designed efficiently and effectively to accomplish what you're, you know, to match up, I guess, really with what you're trying to accomplish in the rest of your life, have it fit into your, your goals and your vision, rather than just have it be an expense that kind of drags behind you. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. I appreciate uh, the work that you're doing. And, um, and I, I just think, again, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's not maybe not the most fun topic to talk about. I was just interviewing some people that are talking about some really cool investment strategies. And those, those are the ones that I always get emails about. 
Um, but I'm telling you, not everyone should do investment stuff. Not everyone should do life insurance. I believe everyone should go through this five-step process with their insurance, period. Because if there's a better way, you should do it. And it's adding peace of mind, protection, and potentially money back in your back in your pocket. And why wouldn't you do that if you have that opportunity? Um, Nick, how, how can people find you, your company? I know that you have a whole brand around this. I don't know if you have any free resources. I want to give you the ability to um, give a shout out and um, have a call to action. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So riskmanagermngr.com is how you can find us um, on Instagram as well. And then as far as you know, any of your listeners, anybody listening today, if they go to riskmanager.com, either slash or backslash, I always screw it up, but backslash better wealth. And um, you can book a call, ask any questions you know, on this process. Uh, you know, it's funny. I think you and I talked, did one of these about a year ago and we gave out a, a free guide on how to do this yourself. And this thing was like, I mean, beautiful. Obviously I'm biased, but it had videos. It was, it, it was amazing. And we yeah. got like five downloads and the feedback we've got from people is like, they don't want to do it, right? If they're going to download a guide or just, they want to look at how they can yeah. grow their wealth, not necessarily how to protect it. So anyway, if you can book a 15 minute call with us, we'll guide you through the steps. Um, and, well, uh, outline how to do it. Yeah, we'll make sure to have all the all the proper links down in the description below. Nick, appreciate you, man. Um, I, um, I'm going to ask you the question that I asked you last time, the legacy question. And the legacy question goes like this. If this is your last day on earth and you're with the people that you love the most. And you can't give them anything. You can't give them the free downloads, videos, whatnot. You can only give them a conversation. What are you going to make sure to highlight in that conversation? I would say pursue your dreams you know, no matter what, I think it's easy, especially, you know, this day and age to kind of get lost in, you know, the, the norm, if you will. Um, I know I did for a few years. Um, and it's easy to sometimes let those dreams die, but pursue them no matter what, revive them, go after them, evolve them, um, change them, you know, just continue to pursue that kind of best you know, self. Um, because there's a lot of joy and a lot of fun in that. Um, and I think that's something that you know, we all, my, my daughter's one and a half and, you know, we all say, oh, you, you can be anything you want. But then it's like reality freaking hits, you know, it's like, well, I got this, I got that. And I think maintaining and that because there is a way to do it. And there's so many amazing people out there, you know, sharing their gifts and sharing what they know and their knowledge. Um, so I, I guess it would be that, and, you know, kind of a, a simple term to pursue your dreams. I love it, man. Appreciate you. Thank you for coming back on. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Thank you, Caleb. Appreciate it. All right. That was awesome. I mean, it's simple. Like I, I hate to, I hate to say it, but it's like, it's sometimes simplicity is beauty, you know? I know it's, um, yeah, I would agree with you. It's, uh, um, well, actually it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm working on making it simpler. <laughs> We've got a, um, a coach that we just hired two weeks ago, you know, just helping us, um, I guess, kind of better craft that message, really be able to get on stages, you know, speak, um, you know, articulately on the topic. So it's, um, it's been fun, but it's, it's been a lot. It's awesome, man. All right. Well, um, let me know if you can make it out in June, if you can, I will. um, I would recommend creating some type of like one pager. And you could give that out to people. And I think that's going to mean like, again, like you have to think 
how, why would advisors, top advisors care? It should be a no brainer, but it's like, so would love to give you that opportunity and yeah, man, best is yet to come. Uh, no, dude, I appreciate it. I really appreciate the opportunity. So you got a couple minutes for a couple questions. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so it'd be, the group is advisors, right? Talking yes. to top advisors. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. And then how do you, so what the, one of the issues, not issues, I guess, but one of the, the challenges we ran into originally when presenting this to advisors was we're actually going to charge the advisor and then do it on behalf of the advisor for their client. But it, was, it wasn't going to be quite as high level. It's just going to be a basic yep. strategy. Yep. I mean, I think you, I think you just get, you just, um, what you need to do is get people to talk to you. So the 15 minute clarity calls the key. And then you just got to, each person's a little bit different. Um, and you just got to figure out how to best serve them. So whether it's, it's them charging you, I can tell you this advisors won't pay you 15 K to no, do. They wouldn't pay us a thousand. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, but do you, but, as the but, advisor, do you but, have a problem? Okay. No, no, but, but I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tricky, man, because it's, um, what you need to do is make them look like a rock star and that's what they're buying. They're not buying the, you're, they're buying credibility and status. So, you know, if a fine, if they're charging three to 5k for a financial plan and they're not doing a risk management, are they doing the right job? What I would say to, for you is I would just get don't try to pitch. Don't say this is our model. Just like educate and just say, we work with advisors. We work with you to be your back end and then talk with them individually. And that's where you can, it's much better to get them on the phone than turn them off and then realize like no one called me. Well, it's, it's because you didn't like, they weren't interested. But if you get them on the phone, you can be like, question I love is like, how, this is our service. We charge 15K for people to come directly to us. How do you think we can work together? And it could be like, they'll straight up refer you and they'll get a commission on the back end, or they'll be like, Hey, I think, of, I think this is so valuable. Maybe we could do like a joint venture or something. I think if you're working with advisors, you keep it super high level and go more in detail one-on-one -on -one when you see them. Okay. Yeah. I guess the question. Yeah, so we've, and I think that makes a lot of sense. We've pivoted from actually targeting the advisor directly in a lot of senses. Um, however, I know they could be great, you know, kind of you know, centers of influence and their clients could definitely benefit. Do you see a problem? Like if, if you had a client, you said, I need you to go address your risk management. You know, do you have a problem referring them to somebody at that fee based on what we're doing? Or is it? I think it's you know, tough. I think if I'm dealing with a big time business owner, no. Um, our whole coaching deal was 10 K for the longest time. And now it's up to 20. Mm -hmm. So again, maybe we're under chart pricing. I think if people are willing to pay that, you should keep it at that price. I think you should have a lower tier model though. So it's like you have your model for when you're whale hunting. Uh, and maybe that's cheap, you know, your market way better, but when you're dealing with like ordinary accredited investors, they're not going to be paying 5k or 15k for risk right. management, but maybe they'll pay, you know, 997 for like a course and like a complimentary meeting with like a shorter, like a hybrid version. Yep. You know, and then maybe yeah. here's the thing is when you have that, then you can go to advisors 
and you know either give it to them for free or say hey like i'll give you this this can be a part of your offer and pay me 197 it's only if you can make money on the back end obviously don't shoot yourself in the foot but if you can create a process where you can either get other lower tier agents to work with them like there's models to make this work and i think if you have the brand you can go to advisors and make them like a rock star because you're doing all the heavy lifting and in return you're getting clients you just have to make sure that the clients are worth your time no i agree and i think that's the reason we charge that much is because we're doing you know that's yeah. complete we're doing it we're making the phone calls to the agent you know we're asking yeah um, and that's and then don't waver from that and yeah. just just i think the most i think it's going to be hard for people to refer you to that but i think you just need to go out and be the face person i don't i don't think it's i think for the right person it's a no-brainer um, I just don't see a world where a lot of advisors are like, yeah, go pay Nick this. Cause it's, it's again, their scarcity. It's like, they're taking, you're taking away right. from their, their three grand plan or something. You well, know? especially some of the advisors majority of financial advisors don't, they charge like three grand for a whole financial plan. So it's just a, right. you're just in a different world. You really need to be going to family offices. That's, that's right. your target market. Cause people that are paying family offices are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Part of that fee could easily be a total risk management. That's who you should go to. Right. And you should then okay. whale hunt and then go for bigger companies. So. Because yeah, it's funny. We just signed up a client. He's like, dude, that's it. That's all you charge. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, no, that, that's good. That's like, because you're being a consultant is definitely amazing. You don't want to be like, I'm an agent. No, you're a consultant. Right. Um, so great. Like I would, I, I would just think about different models, you know, and don't, Obviously, don't get something that's going to hurt you long term, but I would be fluid with the models that you have. No, I appreciate that. And we definitely we have been. I think that this the hesitation on the kind of like the done with you type service or done, you know, DIY. We did have a few of those clients come through and they almost ended up like in some ways unhappy because they turn around and go, they want, they wanted the done for you, but they paid for the done with They're like, I still have to do all this work. It's almost like in the beginning, they didn't understand how much work they'd have to do. Yep. Um, yep. So it, we're, we're, I guess, working out that model. Cause I, I don't want people to pay and feel disappointed on that side of things. Um, and I know it was almost easier too to just do it for them. Like I'm like typing this your worksheet out, trying to make it you know, so that they can digest it. And I'm like, I, I could just make this phone call in two minutes, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I appreciate all that. I will, um, I'll look at that weekend and I'll let you know. All right, dude. Let me know soon. All right. Take care. Hey, you too. Thank you. Hey, actually last question. When's this yeah. going live? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we, we have a quite a, a big backlog, but no worries. I'll, I'll just, let you know. I'll, I'll definitely let you know. Um, I want to help promote it. And um, yeah. Do you want me to, how do you want me to send, do you want me to send Maria the link? Yes. I'll have it to her by like Friday. Perfect. Okay. And it's I'm Mariah. A Mariah. Shoot. She's not going to watch this, so you're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I knew That's, that, Mariah. Yeah. People, people get that all the time. She gets called Maria all the time. I just, I could see you at the workshop being like, hey, Maria. Um, it's, uh, I'll save you it. I appreciate it. I'm writing it down. All right, dude. All right, man. Take care. Hey, right, thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.